0: This Day in Maine is made possible by listeners and by Eastern Basements, a division of Maine-owned Eastern Mold Remediation, offering crawl space repairs and waterproofing, easternbasements.com. From Maine Public Radio and mainepublic.org, I'm Patty White with the news on This Day in Maine, Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. Democratic Governor Janet Mills today signed an emergency bill that will give subpoena powers to the commission investigating the worst mass shooting in state history. Steve Missler has more.
1: The new law is designed to give the state commission the ability to compel witness testimony and the release of documents as it investigates the rampage that killed 18 people and wounded more than a dozen others. The commission requested subpoena power last fall, and its executive director, Ann Jordan, recently told state lawmakers that some witnesses had either refused to testify or said they had been told by their supervisors not to. While the director didn't provide specifics, she did say that the commission had run into problems obtaining information from the Army. The gunman, Robert Card, was a member of the Army Reserves, and his supervisors have come under scrutiny for not doing more to alert law enforcement about his increasingly paranoid and threatening behavior. The Army's conduct is also subject of a review by its inspector general. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Steve Missler.
0: The ACLU of Maine is raising concerns about a plan by Caribou High School to fingerprint students. Principal Jamie Selfridge announced the program in a letter last month, saying the school will partner with the Pennsylvania software company Identimetrics. Selfridge says the program will be used to track attendance and will improve security and accuracy, but the ACLU of Maine is concerned about the invasion of students' privacy and the security of the data, says legal director Carol Garvin. Biometrics are our most sensitive personal information. And once that information is, is hacked, we can't get that back. Um, and here we have a situation where it's not just a company tracking biometrics, but it's the biometrics of our children. I mean, we're talking about, you know, ninth grade, 10th graders. The organization has sent a public records request to the district, hoping to get more details on the program and the school's data security measures. Superintendent Jane McCall was not available for comment this afternoon. There's been another raid on a home in central Maine, where more than 550 marijuana plants were seized, along with several pounds of harvested marijuana. It happened on Friday when detectives from the Somerset County Sheriff's Office, assisted by other members of law enforcement, Executed a search warrant of a home in Mercer, where a suspected illegal marijuana cultivation and processing operation was underway. According to a press release, no one was home at the time of the search, but Somerset County Sheriff Dale Lancaster says charges will be brought against the people involved once they can be located. Investigators also discovered that a prohibited chemical was being used in the operation. They've not said whether this operation is connected to a string of others in recent weeks. Members of Maine's congressional delegation have urged federal officials to put a stop to illegal marijuana grows that may be linked to Chinese investors. A new temporary warming shelter will open tonight in Lewiston after the Auburn City Council approved an amended version of the proposal. Last week, Auburn had approved a plan put forward by the Immigrant Resource Center of Maine to run the shelter, but Lewiston approved a competing proposal with a lower price tag from Cadence Kitchen Food Pantry, which will operate the shelter. The total cost is pegged at $125,000, split between the two cities. The shelter will operate nightly from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. until April 7th at the Calvary United Methodist Church in Lewiston. It has a capacity of 100 guests per night. Only 50 percent of nursing home residents in Maine have received the latest COVID vaccine, according to data from the U.S. CDC. That's down from 90 percent just over a year ago. A new analysis by the Kaiser Family Foundation says one reason for declining vaccination rates is the absence of federal initiatives such as clinics. Angela Westoff, CEO of the Maine Healthcare Association, says another factor is vaccine fatigue.
1: As we have seen cases of COVID
0: come down and the mortality rate, you know, has dropped dramatically from where we were at the height of the pandemic, that sometimes that equates to people not being interested or as interested in getting another vaccine or a booster to be quote up to date on their shots. Maine's 50% nursing home vaccination rate is lower than the 76% rate in Vermont, but higher than the US average of 40%. Westhoff says the association is currently working with Maine's long-term care ombudsman on a campaign to boost vaccinations at long-term care facilities. The developers of the new Rue Institute campus on the Portland waterfront say their latest plans account for sea level rise, stormwater surge, and other impacts from climate change at the site of the former B&M Baked Beans factory. Architect Tim Mansfield told the Portland Planning Board this afternoon that the existing pier will be replaced and made higher.
1: And the pier itself is elevated to 12.8 12.8 elevation, which is approximately three feet higher than what it is today. So we're starting to accommodate already for coastal storms, what we just had recently a couple weeks ago.
0: The latest plans call for an academic building, a parking garage, and a daycare center that would serve 50 children. The former cannery building will be converted to office space with a new park and pedestrian pathways along the waterfront. Neighbors say they're concerned about the impact the campus will have on nearby traffic, The developers say the new campus will have on-site metro bus stop, and they're discussing off-site park-and-ride options with the Maine DOT. Pope Francis appointed a new bishop to lead the Diocese of Portland today. Bishop-elect James Ruggieri says his former parish in Providence, Rhode Island, has sizable Hispanic and African communities, and that he hopes to use that experience to work with immigrant communities here in Maine.
1: I love um, Hispanic ministry. I've I've learned the language over the years, and we do have an African community, mostly immigrants from Burundi and Rwanda who emigrated, especially during the genocide. So there is some experience there with sort of the multi-ethnic and the multicultural ministry in the church. Rujiri
0: will replace the retiring bishop, Robert Dealey, in May. Dealey, who is 75, will continue to reside in Maine as bishop emeritus. A student-led movement to dress up once a week at Chelsea Elementary School in Central Maine has generated national attention and boxes of donated suits and ties. Two third-grade boys started dressing up on the same day this year. When an ed tech joined them, they dubbed it Dapper Wednesday, and other students followed suit. Principal Allison Hernandez says Chelsea Elementary has used donated funds to buy dressy accessories for students to borrow, including headbands and bows.
1: I think it gives them, like, a big sense of pride. You know, they're no longer just this school um, that no one's really heard of. Now they're like, oh, yeah, well, I'm Chelsea School. We're the Dapper Wednesday.
0: Hernandez says Dapper Wednesday is here to stay at the school, which hopes to open a Dapper closet from which kids can borrow suits and dresses. And that's today's Maine news. For more stories, visit MainePublic.org. Coming up on Maine Calling at 11 tomorrow morning, dating later in life. About a third of American adults over the age of 50 are single. What's it like to date during this later phase of life? I'm Patti White. Thanks for listening.